Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again. We have made it to the concluding chapters of the book of Isaiah, and we shall look at chapters 64, 65, and 66 uh, today. And it's been uh, somewhat of a, a lengthy uh, journey. It's taken us uh, uh, somewhere uh, in the course of uh, two to three weeks to, to work our way uh, through these 66 uh, chapters, uh, basically four chapters uh, at a time. Now, as we come to these final chapters, uh, remember we're in the book of Consolation, so uh, Isaiah's final word is this hope of restoration, the hope of consolation. Uh, we mentioned yesterday that at the, uh, in the concluding verses of chapter 63, uh, there is this prayer for mercy, this mercy, this intercessory prayer, and it continues into chapter uh, 64. And then chapter 65 once again plays upon uh, the, the twin realities, the uh, comparable and contrasting realities of God's salvation and God's judgment and how they are indeed in, in the course of history uh, intertwined. And then in chapter uh, 66, uh, we, we see uh, that uh, God will be vindicated, God will be glorified. He will demonstrate himself as being faithful, as being true, as being just uh, throughout the course of history, that all of history will work out uh, to the very glory of God and even a final word about uh, a coming ultimate and final judgment. Now, let's look here at chapter 65, and we see what may be somewhat familiar to you, uh, beginning in verse 17 of Isaiah 65. It is the promise of a new heaven and a new earth. And uh, as I, I said, I mentioned it yesterday, as we look at these Old Testament prophecies, uh, it, in some way they're, they're difficult to understand exactly uh, how and when they have been or they will be. Uh, fulfilled. And here's the case here. Let me read and then we'll make a couple of comments. For behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be gladness. I'll rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children of calamity. For they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like an ox. The dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. It's interesting, uh, difficult passage to understand uh, to what degree uh, these things are figurative, to what degree they were fulfilled with the restoration from the Babylon exile, uh, to what degree they're fulfilled in uh, the coming and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to what extent uh, they await uh, a perfection 
uh, in the, the coming ages. And so uh, uh, whatever it means, God will be faithful. God will be sovereign. He will carry out uh, his plan that the, the old ways of a fallen world will pass away. Uh, however God chooses to fulfill his promises, they will be uh, fulfilled. And uh, what he means by Jerusalem being a, a joy, as I said, yes indeed, God promised to restore Jerusalem as a city, as a, a location uh, of the temple, of a place of worship. But even those restorations under those great figures of uh, Ezra and Nehemiah and Zerubbabel, uh, it was something less than glorious. It was good, and it was a demonstration of God's faithfulness, uh, but uh, certainly by Jesus' day, uh, uh, Judah was an occupied territory. It was a, a, uh, uh, a part of the uh, confederacy of, uh, under the Roman Empire. And so um, it's hard to see that all of these things were fulfilled uh, by the return of the nation uh, to Israel. And then seemingly, seemingly some of the cosmic or natural repercussions of living in a fallen world, of premature death, of, of uh, uh, other types of, of, of natural evil, uh, doesn't seem to have been in any real way fulfilled as of yet which lends me to think that there's a future fulfillment. Uh, and again, the, again, uh, you, you're familiar with these, the wolf and the lamb shall graze together. That uh, a predator and an animal that is typically the prey of that predator uh, shall cohabit in peacefulness is something that we haven't, that we haven't seen. And uh, there's still uh, this uh, cosmic conflict within nature uh, that awaits the restoration of all things. We get glimpses of the harmony uh, that is coming to the world through the gospel. We see it in the, the church. We see it uh, in uh, the, the promises of God's word. But we certainly don't see everything that God has promised to do to accomplish through the work of His Son, through His gospel. And uh, whether we see it in some type of uh, earthly kingdom at the end of this present age, or whether it's typically a description of the, the final, the ultimate, the eternal state, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how those things play out. But it is a beautiful, beautiful promise, and it is a sure promise, uh, that God will be faithful uh, to carry out uh, His promises, uh, that the work of the gospel has been accomplished and therefore it will be applied. The benefits of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ will be fully and completely and ultimately applied uh, upon his people and upon his creation. And so uh, I pray that this is a blessing to your day and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.